Welcome to Real Faith with Robbie and Tash. You are listening to Faith FM Radio. How are you going today? I'm doing very well, thank you. How are you, Robbie? I'm doing all right, doing all right. It's a uh, it's a bit of a, a rainy day out there, but it's kind of nice because... Yeah. Um, it's just a, it's not as hot as it was. Yeah, it's much cooler, but it's still there's a little bit of humidity, but it's still good. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's good. Yeah, I always feel humid. I sweat like the rainforest. I sweat like the tropics. So <laughs> <laughs> it can be dry outside, and it still feels humid to me. But anyway, on a different subject. <laughs> yes, <laughs> moving right along. <laughs> Oh, so what's been happening in your world? So you've got you you're coming up towards the end of your oh, semester, yes. I think, for study, aren't you? Yes. So I've I finished all of my assessments now Ooh, for the year. Well done. All done. So I've just got two exams coming next week, Tuesday and Friday. Oh man! So yeah, that's nearly there. We're that's nearly exciting. there. You can see the which is good. Yeah, that's very, very exciting. Good. You kind of get to this point in the year, and for a lot of us, it's kind of like you just you're just trying to get. Down the hill, because from here it all starts to go really fast till the end of the year, doesn't it? That's very true. All of the yep. deadlines for work start cropping up. If you're a student, all your assessments are coming up. If you're in year 12, you've got HSC is coming yep. up. Oh, coming up? Finishing? I don't know. I don't know how I that works. I think we're in the midst I'm, of it. I'm American, yeah. so I really struggle with these things because we didn't do that. <laughs> we did other other exams. But anyway, man, so it, it just, this time of year can get quite quite busy yeah, and uh, sure. a rolling stone gathers no moss. That's for sure. Yeah, so we're going to keep busy. And anyway, we're excited to have you with us today because we are going to be continuing our our journey through the Book of John. And um, if I'm correct, we're continuing on with John chapter six. Yeah, we are. Now, uh, and, and yeah, super excited for that. We're going to do a code word throughout some point in the show. And when we say that code word, you can call or text in with that. And we're going to give you a free copy of something that we're going to tell you a little bit about later. So hang on tight to know about that. And uh, make sure you're listening for that code word because when it drops, it drops like it's hot. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, what else can we tell you? We've got our good friend Lyle, this, uh, who's, who normally you would hear from on the breakfast show in the, yeah, morning. In the morning. So he's coming in mm. for our Testify segment today. We're going to hear a story about Jesus from him and his life. So looking forward to all those things. It's going to be a great show. We've got a great show lined up for you. And yeah. uh, just before we, 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 we listen to a lovely song by Allison Brooke, um, what, how did last week go? Did you guys did you guys appreciate and enjoy having my good friend Blake on here? Yeah, it was good. I I actually haven't had a lot of conversation with him, so it was good and it was funny and yeah, it was it was good to have him on. That's awesome. Yeah. Hopefully, it was insightful as well. It was definitely insightful as well. He's got a good noggin on his head. He's a fellow Californian as well. We got we got to try and you know represent California a little bit because <laughs> you know people have a you know a, quite a vastly different variety of views based on Hollywood and everything else. So we got to you know kind of represent that. Okay. There 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 can be some good things coming out of California, God willing. Anyway, stick with us. This is Allison Brooke, and this is Revelation Song. Jesus, choose the love. 
You're listening to Real Faith with Robbie and Tash on Faith FM Radio, and it has come that time of the day. Well, well, just before we do that, we just wanted to encourage you, because we're about to find out about some weird and wonderful <laughs> facts about the world. But before we do that, I just wanted to encourage you. I, uh, I heard a little birdie told me that while I was away last week waiting for my COVID test results, which came back negative, so praise the Lord, everything was well, um, that uh, there were a number of people who, who called and texted in with some questions, and so... I'm hoping that that wasn't just like a blowing for the for the blowing. You know what I mean? Like here comes Blake coming in, and everybody's like, "Oh, we'll give him some questions. We'll have some mercy on on this guy and give him some mm. things to talk about here. Or we'll test him." But we'd love to hear from you with your questions yeah. anytime throughout the show that we can look at in our question of the week portion at the end of the show. And so when you hear the code word, if you want to get in on that action, which we'll tell you about in a moment. You, or at any point in the show to get in your questions for us to look at at the end of the show, you can call or text 0491-064-669. That number again is? 0491-064-669. All right, Tash, what do you have Dear for us? wonderful world. <laughs> so it's day, well, I'm going to tell you about what I've been eating a lot lately. Okay. I've, I that, promised myself I'm, I'm, I wouldn't share a lot of eating facts because I know a lot of eating facts, but today is an eating fact. I'm, I'm curious now. You have me a little concerned that this is weird and wonderful facts, and it has to do with your diet. So I'm curious. What is it that you're eating? <laughs> okay. So I'm a poor student, and I've been eating a lot of toasted sandwiches lately. Well, that could be worse. It could just be meagering. This is true. It could just be two-minute noodles. Well... Yeah, that's true. And when I have me goreng, I have like gourmet me goreng. I have like vegetables. I have me gourmet goreng. Oh, me oh, gourmet yeah. me goreng. Yes. How do I not know you that? You know, we should market this. We, we should. should. And market it towards oh. students. Yeah. We'd have to make it a little bit healthier to feel like we could, you know, justify that, I think, that's in true. the light of being Christians. Yeah. And because anyway. I put colorful things in there, that feels, it feels better. Yeah. Taste the rainbow. So, yeah. So, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> so, I've been eating a lot of toasted sandwiches. Obviously, like the things in there have been different. But that's a lot of bread, and it got me thinking. I was I was trying to eat well. Uh, they say when you're under a lot of stress, um, ex- keep keep on exercising, try to eat well. And I was just thinking, I eat a lot of bread, and so I'm a bread man. I'm, are you? I eat like I, I'm one of those people that that a lot of time people get real cranky with because yeah? I'm skinny as a rake and I can generally not oh, yeah, put, you can put food on and like, I oh. and I eat lots and lots of carbs. Uh, so I'm sure that'll catch up annoying. to me at some point though. So you it gotta, will. You got to have will. some balance in there. You can't just eat. <laughs> But anyway, I'll, I'll... No, no. Okay, so did you know that bread consumption is the second most eaten thing in the world? Oh, oh! I, second, can I guess that what number one is? Yeah, uh, is guess. It, it's rice. It's got to be rice. It is 100% yes! rice. I love yeah. rice. Yeah. See, I grew, up, I grew up in a... In a well, a Caucasian home, yeah. and uh, we didn't eat a lot of rice when I was a kid. Yeah. Uh, my background was, was lots of pasta and lots of, well, burritos and lots of <laughs> bread. 
and lots but of bread. I, but when yeah. I lived in the islands, the staple in the islands yeah. that I lived in was particularly rice. So I, I learned to love rice. Yeah. And everybody I know that's come from a culture where rice is the staple, you have rice every day. Rice becomes the thing that people are like, I miss rice. Yeah. You don't really have it for two days strange. and they're like having cravings. Yeah. Withdrawals from rice. Yeah, so I, I actually have cravings for rice too. Yes, it's but so good. It's so weird. I keep eating bread. <laughs> but yes, bread. That's what we're talking about today. The weird and wonderful fact about bread, it's the second most consumed thing in the world after rice. But it comes in so many different forms, depending on where you live in the world. Like, uh, Chapati. Yeah, so if you're like in like Asia, Middle East Tortillas. area, it's a lot of flatbreads. So you get, um, and Africa as well. Yeah, ooh, bringing all the, so there, there's, there's tortillas, there's, uh, yes, you said it rotis. right, tortilla. I want to correct the, all Australians right now. That double L in Spanish is a ya sound. It's not tortillas. Tortillas. That's desecrating <laughs> the whole language. The whole language. You've it learned is something new today, tortilla. Yeah, and pita bread. So pita bread, and then you've got um, Lebanese bread. So all flatbreads. Turkish bread. Turkish bread. Well, that's got a bit of leaven in it. That's yeah, good, though, too. A little bit of leaven. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But then you go- Text all- in your favorite breads. We would love yeah, to know. please. Zero four nine one zero six four double six nine. Please tell us your favorite bread. But the, and if you've got a recipe, yeah. even better. Even better. If The more simpler, the better. <laughs> the less ingredients, Damper, the better. Flour Damper's and water. Good. Yeah. And then you go all the way to like Scandinavian area- uh, Russia, Germany, you get black breads. Whoa. Yeah, so there's like pumpernickel, a lot of rye. All oh, the dark grains. So the dark grains. Oh, that so is have so the dark, good. Um, really Beautiful whole, with salted yeah, butter. Really, yeah, really. <laughs> everything is good with butter. Oh, okay. And then you go In to In moderation. Like, Don't get cholesterol ooh. issues with that. How about this? Bagels. Every, oh, I love bagels. Okay, everyone thinks Are you American? From, apparently, they're not actually American. But we eat them a lot in well, America. Well, I, I know... Yeah, they're very popular for bagels, New York especially, but... Cream cheese. Oh, my goodness me. Poland. Oh, man. Bagels are actually from Poland. Beautiful. Yeah. There you go. Pickles, bagels. Yeah. um, What's that word I'm looking for? Sauerkraut. Sauerkraut. Well, they do lots of stuff like that. They do. And then even you go to France. Actually, sauerkraut on top of cream cheese on a toasted bagel is to die for. Lots of bread. (laughs) Okay, I'm not going to say all the breads. Okay, the third largest consumption is Bulgaria, 133 kilos. Second is Montenegro. 133 kilos per person per year? Per year. Per person per per year. year. That's twice my body weight nearly. Okay, but then second is Montenegro for 135. But guess how much, like, guess which country and the most amount of... America. No! It's Turkey with 199.6 kilos. Woo woo! And the, the, the award goes person. to Turkey for the most bread eaten. Yeah. This is Rhonda Vincent, Fishers of Men. I'll make you worthy. Rise and follow me. I'll make you Fishers of Men. Rise and follow me. I'll make you worthy, rise and follow me, I'll make you fishers of men. Peter, John, and James could never be the same, after they heard him say, I'll make you fishers of men. He said, rise and follow me, I'll make you worthy. Rise and follow me, I'll make you fishers of men. Rise and follow me, I'll make you worthy. Rise and follow me, I'll make you.
you fishers of men. Cast your nets aside and join the battle tide. He will be your guide to make you fishers of men. He said, rise and follow me. I'll make you worthy. Rise and follow me. I'll make you fishers of men. He said, rise and follow me. I'll make you worthy. Rise and follow me, I'll make you fishers of men. Jesus bore the cross to gather in the lost. Oh, what a mighty cost to set us free from sin. He said, rise and follow me, I'll make you worthy. Rise and follow me, I'll make you fishers of men. He said, Rise and follow me, I'll make you worthy. Rise and follow me, I'll make you fishers of men. You're listening to Real Faith with Robbie and Tash on Faith FM Radio, and it's come that time of our show where we listen to a testimony and we testify mm. of something that Jesus is doing in the real lives of real people today, like you and me. And today we've got our good friend Lyle from The Breakfast Show. How are you going, Lyle? Doing fantastic, thanks. It's absolutely amazing to be on radio twice in one day. I know! How good is that? <laughs> Consider yourself blessed and increased with goods. Yes, so and, for, and uh, sitting in a very different seat than what I, to, to, to look over there. And Robbie, you're sitting in my seat. It's like, what's going on here that's right it's probably a little unsettling to be honest it's a good thing that there's a pop filter on here because hopefully that'll make you feel a little safer <laughs> so for those uh, for, for our listeners who may not be as familiar with the breakfast show and they maybe haven't heard that before tell us just a little bit about yourself and then uh, we'll get into your story yeah so i host the breakfast show here on faith fm so we're on from seven till nine uh, my co-host lawson and myself and of course producer shell she does uh, all of these shows uh, that come out Ooh. of the newcastle area and uh, along Along with that, I work in uh, public evangelism with the N. Digital. Awesome. And so the N. Have... Digital is uh, on Facebook, YouTube, um, the website, etc. There is a host of material on there that you can go. There's video material that you can go and look at on just any any Bible subject that you can think of. We have probably presented on it. Yeah, that's awesome. And you guys just recently had a a series that was just finished that was talking about. I think it was called his death the end. Yes, it was because it was uh, of course you know a lot of people thinking about death at this time of year, and you know Halloween and so forth. So we thought, well, if people are thinking about it, we will talk about it and we will share what the Bible says. Awesome, and it was a great blessing. So if you're curious about that, check that out. The end dot digital. And uh, thanks for telling us a little bit about yourself, Lyle. It's great to have you here, and uh, we'd love to hear your story. We'll hand it over to you. Sure. Well, the story I want to share with you today goes back. Well, that goes back quite a few years. So uh, for those of you who know producer Shell, she comes from the United States and, uh, you know, we got married a long Ew. time ago, like 28 years ago, 28 years ago, Ew. there you go, 28 years ago, uh, which was absolutely amazing, and moved to Australia. And, of course, when she moved to Australia, she got her permanent residency here in Australia and every 10 years she updated her permanent residency 10 years or 8 years or something or other, I'm not sure, whatever whatever it is. And uh, several, I think about three years ago, her permanent residency was due to be updated again. And she was sort of like, yeah, you know what, I just keep updating this. 
why don't I just, you know, why don't I just get my citizenship and be done with it? You know, I've been here long enough, may as well. Uh, and so she started the process of getting a citizenship. She was kind of thinking, you know, fill out a few forms, send them off, um, pay a bit of money, and it's all sorted. Well, that process dragged on and dragged out, and the amount of forms that had to be filled out were pretty extensive. And if I remember it rightly, uh, that dragged out to about th- two years. Wow. Before oh. she got her citizenship. Now, uh, when, when, when we got married and, and moved to Australia and so forth, we are involved in ministry, we are living in Sydney, uh, and one thing that we decided to do was to invest Shell's potential income into our children. So we had children straight away, we had two boys, and so rather than you know, letting somebody else raise our children, we are like, no, we'll raise our children. And so we did you know, single income ministry wage in Sydney. Well, and so when we move up here to the Lower Hunter, suddenly our kids move out of home, they're gone. Uh, Shell's, you know, she's, she's, she's getting a job and so forth, doing this kind of stuff. And we start to think about, well, maybe we should buy a house. And, of course, you know, we're in our late 40s and we're first home buyers, which is, you know, a little bit unusual, but that's just kind of the way it is. And so we started saving towards, you know, buying a house, but that was a little ways down the track because you're starting from scratch coming from Sydney. And so uh, we managed to get a little bit of money together for a deposit and wasn't really thinking about it. But then the government, you remember a couple of years ago, the government uh, released this first home buyer's uh, deal where they cover your uh, mortgage insurance, Mm. essentially. And so we could, you know, go and buy a house with a $5,000 deposit and suddenly we, you know, we were in the market. But what happened was that those loans, especially the very, very limited number of them are released across Australia, like 1,500, I think, through the Commonwealth Bank. And uh, those loans were, um, uh, you know, re- released at that, at that particular time. And they were released just after Shell got her citizenship. So two months before, she got a citizenship. And she kind of done that on a whim. The day they were released, we were in a bank branch. When was the last time either of you guys ever went to a bank branch? Well, it was before lockdown. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) How often do you go? You go to a bank branch maybe every five, ten years. I don't remember when I was last in the bank branch, but we had to be in a bank branch. We're walking out, and I remember, you know, when I was doing the news this morning, I saw this story about these first home buyer loans. We should ask about it. So we turned around, uh, walked to the bank next door and asked about it. And they were like, yeah, we really know nothing about it. That sort of, uh, we've, we've heard rumours about it. Looked it up on their computers like, yeah, it's a thing. It exists. Put our name down and we managed to get our name, by the grace of God, on top of the list. The top. So, well, there's only 1,500 of them. So you can imagine how quickly they vanished. You yeah, know, wow. vanished Within days they were gone. And to cut a long story short, well, the very first thing that the bank, you know, people were looking through it and they're looking, and the first question they asked was like, oh, oh, are you both citizens? They could hear Shell's accent. And Shell's like, well, actually, I am. Anyway, a couple of days later, uh, they rang us up and they said, you've got X amount of money, go buy a house. And that took us completely by surprise. We weren't ready for that. So we went and bought a house. We moved into their house just before lockdown. Since then, of course, real estate prices have exploded. We would never have been able to buy a house if we if, if those providences hadn't come together. So I just want to praise God this morning for how all of those providences just lined up on a whim. Shell got her citizenship on a whim. We walked into a bank. And just like that, God gave us a house. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. And praise God for the wonderful home that we're able to live in now. Amen. This is Ellie Holcomb. You've got this hope.
got this hope. We've got a future. We've got the power of the resurrection living within. We've got this hope. We've got a promise that we are held up and protected in the palm of His hand. And even when our hearts are breaking. To Faith FM, positively different radio. Hey there, I'm Luke. And I'm James. And we're the hosts of a brand new show called Table and Explorers. Have you seen the movie Hacksaw Ridge? It's about a man named Desmond Doss. Who was a World War II medic that went to the front lines without a gun. He saved countless lives. And he ended up receiving the Medal of Honor. Join us Saturdays at 5.30pm as we explore the faith behind Desmond Doss. Right here on Faith FM.
Talk to a neighbor, volunteer a favor, help out a stranger when his cars broke down. Give your wife a kissin' when your kids talk. Listen, it makes a lovely sound. Spread a little love around. You know. Change the whole world if we start in our hometown. Get out today, spread a little love around. Tell your mom you love her, bear hug your brother, treat your sister to a night out on the town. Throw the ball for Rover, wrestle in the clover. You're listening to Real Faith, but it's not as real as it could be. Why, you ask? Because this isn't the live show. So as good as this is, the live show is where it's really at. Join us every Thursday from 3.30 to 5.30 p.m. so you can be involved live. You're listening to Real Faith with Robbie and Tash on Faith FM Radio, and we're about to get into our Bible study. We're going to continue in John mm. chapter 6. I think we're starting with verse 16 or so, and uh, we're about to turn there. So if you've got a Bible, we invite you to uh, turn that to the fourth book of the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, then John chapter 6. But before we do that, we wanted to do another shameless plug because we have been waiting to tell you a little bit about the giveaway today for our code word. So... What is our giveaway? I think it's a book called Life Without Limits it by is. Clifford Goldstein. It is. So tell us a little bit about this giveaway. So this book has powerful truths for your journey to hope and meaning. But not only that, it's like answering the question of why am I here? What is the purpose of my existence? We look to science and, we, and it says that everything's going to end one day and the world is going to end in, in, the, in a bad way. But in this book, it, it it shows us what God is doing and that there's an eternal purpose for us being here. So, yeah. I'm So good. So good, yeah. Why am I here? Where am I going? Yeah. You know, where did I come from? Those are the three essential questions that every human being has to wrestle with. And I love that this is going to talk about it. Now, we've got a super special giveaway to do with this. So we have five, I repeat, five, five. copies of this book. Ooh. However... However, we have a super secret twist today. Now, Jesus said the first shall be last and the last shall be first. So in, in light of that thinking, we have decided that, you know, the second caller in kind of sometimes feels like, oh, I just missed being the first caller. So today, the second caller is going to get a deluxe copy of this that comes with some extra 
stuff in the package, some <laughs> extra details. So you can get your hands on that if you call or text in to 0491-064-669 when you hear the code word at some point during our Bible study today. And the first caller will receive a copy of that book. And so will the third, the fourth, the fifth. But the second caller, my friends, is going to receive a deluxe version of the book with extra pages and some extra information in there that's going to be even better. So we want to encourage you to check that out. And you can also call or text in with your questions for our question of the week at any time during the show. And you can do that again by calling or texting 0491-064-669. Do you want to pray for us, Tash? Yeah, let's pray. Dear Father God, we just come before you now. We ask for your blessing and your guidance upon the word that we're about to share today. May the Spirit just lead us, uh, speak through us and to us, and may everyone that's listening be um, filled with the Spirit as well. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. All right, so we are in John chapter 6, and I believe we're starting in verse 16. Is that correct? Yep, that's correct. Excellent. So last week, you guys went through the story of... Dun, 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 dun. Feeding the five thousand, the we told the story. Well, before we finished off chapter chapter five and looked through and the then topics we about looked the lights, etc. Yep, and then we went through chapter six and where a little boy's lunch turned into something much bigger, and we have a following now. Awesome, um, yeah, awesome. So that was, I believe, the third sign in the story. Is that correct? Yes, that's correct. Very cool. So we are continuing on in the Gospel of John, chapter 6, from verse 16. Now when evening came, his disciples went down to the sea, got into a boat, and started across the sea to Capernaum. It was now dark, and Jesus had not yet come to them. The sea became rough because a strong wind was blowing. When they had rowed about three or four miles, they saw Jesus walking on the sea and coming near the boat, and they were frightened. But he said to them, it is I. Do not be afraid. Then they were glad to take him in the boat, and immediately the boat was at the land to which they were going. Boom. Mm. This is a cool story. It is. It, th- that was, there was not much in terms of content there. It's a very short little passage we just read, but there is some hectic stuff. So what's going on here? Give us a little summary. So Jesus has just fed um, this great multitude, and now he's taken a rest, and he's gone on to onto the mountain and he's taken some time to pray and the disciples have got into um, their, sh- their boat and now they're making their way across across the, the sea. And so what happens is, um, so Jesus is not with them um, and while they're... Um, now, now, before we go any further, let me ask you a question. Why yes. was Jesus not with them? So Jesus, as his practice was, was went to the mountain to pray. He went to the mountain to have a break and not only that, to talk to God. I love this. Yeah. Okay, so think about this. Now, by the way, in verse 15 that, that you guys read last week, it says this. Just before this happened, this is where Jesus was, right? He was up there. He was on the mountain. But this is this is one of the other reasons that he, he went to do this, right? Because the people saw the sign that he had done in feeding the 5,000 people from this little dude's lunchbox, basically. And it says this, perceiving then that they were about to come and take him by force to make him king, Jesus withdrew again to the mountain by himself. And I love this because so often throughout Jesus's ministry, there are times where people are trying to get him into this position before his time. And over and over and over again, it says things like, and we're going to see this happen again and again in the book of John, but you see it all over the gospels, right? 
they wanted to take him by force and make him king. In other words, they, they wanted to inaugurate him in his messianic role because they wanted him to do what they perceived was the Messiah's role at this time, which was to conquer the world, right? To, to establish the kingdom of God on earth. And what they didn't understand was that that was not Jesus's purpose at that time. When Jesus returns and rescues the saved, we go through this millennial period of judgment that we have described in Revelation 20, and then there's the judgment of the wicked, and then we have God's reign established on the new heavens, the new earth, the recreated world, right? So that's when that's supposed to take place. We see that from Scripture, Old Testament, New Testament, aligned on that picture. But, but here, it's not his time to do this yet. And so what does he do? He dis- disperses the crowd, and he goes up on the mountain to pray, and he's there by himself. And so the disciples take off, and they're rowing, and the stormy sea is about them. And just what sticks out to me that's really powerful, I think, in this story is there are times in life where it feels like Jesus is just not on the boat. Mm. Right? Are there ever times in your life where you're like, sure. man, yeah. I'm Absolutely. here, I'm one of Jesus's followers, and I'm I'm part of the team, and Jesus just did something, like something just happened in this whole Jesus thing that was very different than what I expected. Like, I reckon that it's very possible the disciples were probably a part of that crowd being like, yeah, 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 I think they're right. It's time to crown him king, right? And all of a sudden, Jesus is like dashing your hopes. Oh, sorry, it's not time for that right now. Be, be gone, crowd. I'm going up on the mountain by myself. Yeah. See ya. And then you're left alone waiting for Jesus. And then apparently there were some aside instructions because they start taking off on the boats. And not only that, but they have to row. So they're either going against the wind because of the, the types of sails that they used. It wasn't easy to sail into the wind or there was no wind. Um, but it says that there was a wind blowing. So it must have been wind. Yeah. And they're rowing and three or four miles, you know, this is... This is six plus kilometers. Yeah. <laughs> it's a long way to row. Yeah. And at this point, they're terrified. And sometimes in life, it just really feels like this. You're on the boat. You're doing the Jesus thing. But you feel like, where's Jesus? Where, why aren't you on the boat? Where are you? You ever have moments like that? Yeah. And I think it's important to notice that it was in a moment like this, when it seemed like Jesus was nowhere to be found, he's busy, he's off doing his thing, and here we are, on the boat, dealing with difficulties, rowing against the tide, rowing against the wind, trying to get somewhere, and we're panicked, and all of a sudden, Jesus shows up. Mm. And when Jesus shows up, the way that he shows up causes them to panic. (laughs) (laughs) Right? It's not even like, oh, it was all gentle and calm. No, it's like when Jesus showed up, they were freaking out. Yeah. (laughs) Because he showed up until they realized who it was. And notice, what does he say to them? It is I. It is I. Now that in the, in the English, in the English, that sounds really boring. But in the Greek, remember we talked about the seven emphatic ego, a me, or I am statements, right? These are not just the I am the bread of life or I am this or I am that. No, no. These are in the Greek. It just literally says I am. That's the verb. And it says it seven times in the book of John and it's a claim of deity. He's claiming to be Yahweh, the God who revealed himself to Moses in the burning bush and said, I am sent you. When they ask my name, say, I am that I am. And he says here to them, I am. Do not be afraid. And isn't that beautiful? So often when Jesus shows up on the scene, 
He declares who he is. I am the one who was, the one who is, the one who will ever be. I am present. I am powerful. I am the one who always existed. If everything ceased to exist, he would still exist because he is outside of nature, right? And all of a sudden he says, I'm here. Do not fear. Mm. And isn't that powerful that Jesus is in a position where he is, when he's present, fear does not have to be the operating principle. Isn't that beautiful? Yeah. So I don't know where you're at in your life. Uh, I don't know if you've got moments that you're in at the moment where you're, you're on the boat. You're like, maybe you're doing the Jesus thing, and you're just like, I don't know where Jesus is on the boat, man. Where is Jesus in this storm, in this trial? I just want to remind you, Jesus shows up and he says, I am. Do not be afraid. We marvel at a has-been God In our power He displayed Miracle maker, life changer Not constrained to limitations We say He transcends time But don't believe He's here and now Closed in dusty history books Or in the future But God is alive today Living here and now Waiting to release His power Working in our world today Not just a has-been or a will be, but the great I am. We're hoping in the will be God, working through His children. There'll be signs in sky and sea, people bowing on bending knee. He transcends time But don't believe He's here and now Enclosed in dusty history books Or in the future But God is alive today Living here and now Waiting to release His power Working in our world today Not just a has-been or a will-be But the great I am The great I am is the great I am The great I am, the great I am, the great I am, the great I am. 
You're listening to Real Faith with Robbie and Tash, and this is Faith FM. We're glad to have you back. We're continuing with our Bible study now, but before we get in there, we're going to have another shameless plug. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And that shameless plug is that we have a giveaway, and that Dude. book is called Life Without Limits by Clifford Goldstein, and it's going to explore these ideas. How would you live differently if you knew that there was what, what the meaning of life was, whether there was something happening after death, and what was going to happen for eternity? That's right. Mm. Where did I come from? What am I here for? And where, where am, am I going? going? And that's what this book is going to give you some insight into. So when you hear the code word, get those phones on speed dial to 0491-064-669. That number again is 0491-064-669 because the first five callers today are getting a free copy <sighs> of that book. And number two, because poor number two often feels like first of last place. And since that's the case, and Jesus said, the last shall be first and the first shall be last. If you're caller number two, you're going to get yourself a deluxe version of that. We have one of those to give away, which comes with some extra portions of the book. So again, you can do that by calling or texting 0491-064-669 when you hear the code word, which is coming soon. It's coming. Very soon. Yes. Yep. And don't forget your questions as well. That's right. Yeah. Make sure you send in your questions. We'd love to hear from you. Okay, so we've got that's sorry. We, Jesus has walked on the water. Which is great. Walked out to them, which is like, a pretty Whoa. amazing thing. Now, you had some things you wanted to share with us, Tash. What did, what are some things that stuck out to you in that little section before we move forward? Um just just the fact that they were waiting. Jesus wasn't in the boat and they knew that, but they were waiting. They were doing what they were supposed to be doing. They were they were rowing to the other side where they where they needed to go, but that's sometimes how we feel is you know in our walk with Jesus. Like Jesus is not with us, and how long is it going to take? And I feel like sometimes we're waiting. You know, whatever it is you're waiting for, you know, waiting, waiting for, right now. I'm waiting to graduate, or waiting to be married, or um, people who are married or waiting to have children, or whatever it is that you're waiting for that. You know, you feel like God is not in that, or Jesus is not in that with you, but He's always journeying with you. And so, yeah, just a just a reminder for wherever you are and whatever, yeah, whatever you're going through right now, that Jesus is still there. Totally, boom! I yeah. love that. Amen. Something else that's really interesting in that story, just a little aside that I just think is fascinating. Yeah. Did you know that teleportation does appear in the Bible? Yes. Yeah, like it happened right there in the story. Check it out, just in case you missed it. <laughs> then they were glad to take him into the boat, and immediately the boat was at the land to which they were going. And it's, there's another place, there's a second place, it's in Acts chapter 8, it says that Philip, after he preaches to the Ethiopian eunuch, he's baptized, and then it says the Holy Spirit takes him, and boom, he automatically appears yeah. in a city elsewhere. Yeah. So, just in case you were wondering where people got that idea for like Star Trek and whatnot, it probably came from the Bible, because <laughs> the Holy Spirit did it. Boom! Yeah! Isn't that amazing? <laughs> the original ideas in the Bible. That's right. All right, so, they arrive at the other end of the Sea of Galilee, or the Sea of Tiberias, and they are continuing on. So let's keep reading from John chapter 6, verse 22. On the next day, the crowd that remained on the other side of the sea saw that there had been only one boat there, and that Jesus had not entered the boat with his disciples, but that his disciples had gone away alone. Other boats from Tiberias came near the place where they had eaten the bread after the Lord had given thanks. So when the crowd saw that Jesus was not there, nor his disciples, they themselves got into the boats and went to Capernaum seeking Jesus. All right, let's pause there for a moment. So so Jesus is not there, right? Yeah. It sounds like they've all kind of hung out waiting to see through the night 
where did Jesus go? What's he going to do today? And, you know, it's interesting to think about, like, on the surface level, it sounds like they have the right intentions. But we're about to find out what Jesus says of their intentions. And this is really interesting to me because sometimes sometimes people kind of just want to follow the thing, right? Yeah. <laughs> the crowd, the the event. And there were people who were seeking Jesus because they believed what he was doing. They saw the signs. They understood the significance. They really understood what was going on uh, to some extent, right? They, everybody had things to unlearn, including mm. the disciples, right? But there were people who, who kind of got it more than others. And then there were some people who were probably just there because there was, there was some exciting things happening. They don't have television, and they had some free time, so we're going to go find out what's going on here with this Jesus guy and these these crazy miracles. Yeah. I just want to add, it's like people who follow people on Facebook. They don't know them. They're not friends with them, but they just follow them for no Do you know yeah. what I mean? Just because they, oh, I saw so-and-so following them, and I saw, you know, they're yeah. very popular. They're trending at the <laughs> moment, so I'm just going to follow them. And like, oh, you don't actually know who they are. It's interesting. Yeah. Now, we're not suggesting that you shouldn't follow Jesus and check him out if you're not sure. Yeah, we're not saying that. We actually yeah. want you to do that. Yeah. But I want you to notice, keep this in mind. What Jesus says next is mind-blowing. It's shocking to me. So let's keep reading. When they found him on the other side of the sea, they said to him, Rabbi, when did you come here? Jesus answered them, Truly, truly, I say to you, you are seeking me, not because you saw signs, but because you ate your fill of the loaves. So do not work for the food that perishes, but the, but for the food that enjoy, endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give to you. For on him God the Father has set his seal. All right. So check this out, right? Here's these people, and it says literally, these are the words that are seeking Jesus. Now to me, right, like I've, I'm, I've been working in pastoral ministry of, to some shape or description for the last five and a half years of my life, Right. When you find somebody who is seeking Jesus, we automatically assume this is great news. Yeah. <laughs> because it is. It's good news that people are looking for Jesus. Yep. But Jesus has some of the strangest evangelistic tactics I've ever seen from worldly perspective, from man's perspective, right? Because he finds all these people who say, it says they're seeking for him. They're looking for Jesus. And notice, what do they call him? Rabbi. They call him rabbi, which yep. means teacher. Hey, rabbi, rabbi, teacher. The one that we've been learning from, the esteemed one, right? They come to him and they're like, hey, when did you get here? (laughs) How did you get here? And they're probably thinking like, uh, you didn't go on the boats. And so when when did you walk here? Because we all had to come across on boats. Like we we didn't see any extra boats come in the night. Uh, How in the world did you get here? Mm. Right? And they're tripping. They're wondering what in the world is going on? How did Jesus get across here before (laughs) us? It's just a fair question, a fair concern. But notice what Jesus does. He doesn't say... In this instance, oh man, I'm so glad you guys are looking for me. This is great news. I've got so much to tell you. I've got so much to share with you. He says something that is very strange. He says, truly, truly, I tell to you, right? And by the way, when he says that, this is like, note, Jesus is saying, pay attention because what I'm about to drop on you is a bombshell. This is important. It's not just like saying, hey, I had lunch at 12 o'clock. He's like, no, this is important. Pay attention. He says, I say to you, you are seeking me, not because you saw signs. Now remember, in the Greek, the word is semeon. And the word there has a real strong inclination to a sign demonstrates the character and the nature of the one who gave it. 
He says, you're not following me because you saw the signs. In other words, the significance of who I truly am, that I'm the maker, that I am the savior. He says, you're not here because of that. He says, you're here because you ate your fill of the loaves. In other words, because you were hungry and you physically were satisfied with bread and you thought, hey, maybe Jesus could give me another meal. And what he highlights here is something really, really profound. He says, don't work for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give to you. God the Father has set a seal on him, right? What's he saying? He's saying, look, don't waste your whole life just chasing after your physical means, your physical needs, the things that the world chases after, filling your belly, having cash, having success, whatever these things are. He says, don't don't just work for that. Don't put your best efforts, your best time, your best periods of life forward for the point of just gaining worldly goods. He says, seek for the bread that does not perish. Mm. He says, turn your eyes from the here and now to the eternity that is before you, right? Because when you have the, the whole of your life in the light of eternity, you can then make decisions that matter. Mm. If all we live for is today, like, look, check this out. Like I was, I watched, I wanted to, I, I saw this, I was perusing YouTube, wasting my time, clearly wasting my life working for food that doesn't perish. But anyway, I learned something. God is gracious. I watched this little interview with, um, these nomadic, uh, hunting hunter gatherer tribe. It was somewhere in Africa. I forget where. And they asked this guy, what is the million, the meaning of life? What is the most important thing in life? And this is no joke. What the guy said, he said, meat, meat. Wow. Meat. Three times he says this from memory. Yeah. Why? Because in their culture, if you don't hunt and find meat to eat, you die. It's of utmost importance. But Jesus is saying here that even more than physical sustenance that you need to survive is that bread which does not perish, which leads to eternal life. King of the Jews And ruler of Gentile sons of men Makes Abraham's seed One with the branch now grafted in They all wash their robes In the pure perfect lifeblood of the Lamb The dark crimson stain Made smartless again because of I am. Sealed are the twelve of Israel's broken, scattered sons and of every tribe and people and nation and every tongue.
You're listening to Real Faith with Robbie and Tash on Faith FM Radio. And we're just about to get back into our Bible study on John chapter 6. But before we do that, yep. I have something to tell you. <gasps> Sourdough. Oh. Just just so you know, that's the code word. Sourdough. Anyway, um, the giveaway for today with that code word, Sourdough sourdough just in case you missed that was that the first five callers in from right now who text or call in to 0491-064-669 that word sourdough good luck on the spelling my friends you're going to receive a free (laughs) copy the first five callers will receive a free copy of this book life without limits and caller number two by the way Mm. is going to receive a deluxe copy of that book that comes with some extra information some extra chapters in there and uh, tell us a little bit about this book sourdough by the way zero four nine one type of bread zero six four double six nine it is a type of bread and we're talking about bread today in just yeah. a moment. <laughs> so the book that you're getting today, when you call in, is a book called Life Without Limits.
commandments and its powerful truths for your journey. It's answering questions about why am I here, where am I going, and what's going to be happening in terms of eternity. And so, yeah, that's this is a great book. Make sure you're one of the callers. That's right. I haven't seen the phone ringing just yet, so make sure you get in there. It's a type of prayer. All right. Okay. So, and remember, you can also, we've had somebody call in with a question. We're excited to look at that at our question during the week portion. And uh, we'd love to hear from you with some other questions. So you can call or text those in at any time to the same number, 0491-064-669. All right. So Jesus says, don't work for the bread that perishes, right? Yeah. But work for the bread that doesn't perish. Right now, this doesn't mean like some people might think. Oh, this means we don't need to work or earn a living or eat bread. Well, that's not exactly what he's getting at, because elsewhere in the scriptures, Second Thessalonians uh, three verse ten, it says, "He who does not work shall not eat." I think that's a great principle to live by. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> um, you need to contribute, but he's saying keep your focus primarily and first and foremost on the things that matter most, the things that are of eternal significance, and so. This is how the people respond. We're continuing on in verse 28. Then they said to him, What must we do to be doing the works of God? Jesus answered them, This is the work of God, that you believe in him whom he has sent. So they said to him, Then what sign do you do that we may see and believe you? What work do you perform? Our fathers ate the manna in the wilderness, as it is written. He gave them bread from heaven to eat. All right, let's pause there for just a sec. Okay, so Jesus has said this to them, and now what, what's their response? What's, what, well, they, they said, well, what signs, yeah, what <laughs> signs did you do? And, uh, and I'm just, wow, they've got a really short-term memory. Yeah, he, now it's important he, to yeah, recognize really that there was a fat stack of people here yeah, who were literally just they, fed by him because yeah. that's who he's addressing. He says, you didn't come here because you saw the signs which is the word they've just used. They're asking yeah. for signs. What sign will you show us? Uh, bro, he just did a sign yesterday and fed you, fed 5,000 plus yeah. people off of a couple of loaves of bread and, and three and fish. Full, full bellies five too. Fish, it wasn't just, I can't remember, sorry. Yeah, two and five. Two and five, there yeah. we go. <laughs> two yeah. loaves, five fish, yeah. And then they had leftovers. Yeah. And they were filled. And this is the reason that they were going to try and force him to become king. And now they're saying, you need to give us another sign. And I want to highlight something. So often in life, we have experienced enough of the evidence that God needs to show us to have enough faith to move the next step. And so often we play the game of saying, well, but you need to prove it a bit more and prove it a bit more and yeah. prove it a bit more. At some point, rubber's got to hit the road and we got to say, okay, you've demonstrated enough for me to take a step forward so that you can then demonstrate something else. And I think that what's really profound here is that, is that they're, they're missing that. And this evidences what they're really after. So let's keep reading. How does Jesus respond to this? He responds this. Truly, truly, I say to you, it was not Moses who gave you the bread from heaven, but my Father gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. They said to him, Sir, give us this bread always. And Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall not thirst. But I said to you that you have seen me, and yet you do not believe. All that the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me I will never cast out. For I have come down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who has sent me, 
that I should loose nothing of all that he has given me, but raise it up on the last day. For this is the will of my Father, that everyone who looks on the Son and believes in him should have eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. So the Jews grumbled about him because he said, I am the bread that came down from heaven. All right, let's pause there. Mm. Whoa, there was a whole lot in that. There is, and there is some powerful stuff in there, man. And they're just so, they're still like unhappy. Totally. And it's just, they're sorry, all cranky. They're cranky. And it just reminds <laughs> me of, I've, maybe they're hangry. Remember when we did Exodus? Yeah. And there was, a, there was a few times, no, there was a lot of times like God turned the bitter water into sweet water and then he gave them food and then they were still complaining. So I just was like, oh, it's interesting that they're talking about manna again, but they're still complaining. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. And food was the was involved in the first temptation yeah. of man, the fall of humanity. There's we we seem to have a problem with our physical natural desires getting out of order yeah. and taking over our thought thinking processes, right? All of these things. But check this out. Do you see the parallel here between the woman at the well and this story? Yeah. Jesus had said to the woman at the well, if you guys will remember in John chapter 4, "Hey, if you knew who it was that was talking to you, you would have asked me for water." Right? Yeah. For water. And I would have given you water that, that, that wells up to eternal life, living water, right? Mm-hmm. And then she's like, Sir, give me this water that I may not have to come here to this well and I don't have to thirst anymore, right? And then he goes on in this conversation and he draws her to the point. The true water that you really need is not physical water. It's not this well. It's not the physical things you're doing to try and satisfy yourself. It's the Messiah. It's Jesus Christ and the life that he is coming to give you through his spirit. And he says here, right, a similar thing. They're like, sir, give us this bread always. And he says, I'm the bread. I am the bread of life. So there's two sets of I am statements in the book of John. There's the the emphatic I am statements where in the Greek it literally just says I am. But then there's these other seven statements. John loves his sevens. And this is the first one. I am the bread of life. A statement where Jesus claims that he is something specific that has deep and significant meaning. He says, whoever comes to me shall not hunger. Now, he's not just talking about physical hunger. He's talking about the internal hunger. The hunger that you and I all have for something more. For meaning. For love for true fulfillment, to fulfill the sense of purpose and value that every human being longs for. And Jesus says, he who comes to me, notice he says, whoever. He doesn't say it's based on your gender. He doesn't say it's based on your class or your race or your paycheck or your skill set or your education. He says, whoever comes to me shall not hunger. And whoever believes in me shall never thirst. He's saying, I'm going to fulfill all those deepest longings of your soul that cannot be fulfilled in the world by the world things, even by the good things like bread, right? Yeah. Those things will never satisfy. And notice what he says next. It's a harsh line. He says, but I said to you, you have seen me, right? He says, what sign will you show us? He says, you've seen me. I am the biggest sign, bro. <laughs> He's like, you've seen me and yet you don't believe Right? You've already seen signs. You've seen Jesus himself. But notice what he says here, and this is my favorite part of the whole chapter. He says, All that the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me I will never cast out. You don't have to be an outcast when you surrender your heart to Jesus because Jesus is the one who will not turn you away. Keep coming to him. Don't give up. 
Keep coming back to him. You've made mistakes. You've fallen. Get up and bring those issues to Jesus. Don't run away with them. Bring them to Jesus. He says, the one who comes to me, who truly comes to me, I will never cast out. Isn't that powerful? And it's true, right? Judas, for example, the one who betrays him, he chooses to opt out. Jesus offers him the same cup of communion, the same bread that he says is broken for them. He washes his feet. Judas chooses to walk away. And that's why Judas is lost. He didn't have to be lost. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. I love this. Beautiful. All right. Let's keep reading a little bit more. So we're in verse 42. So they've said, grumble, grumble. He said, is not this Jesus the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we have known? We know. How does he now say, I have come down from heaven? Jesus answered them, do not grumble among yourselves. No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him, and I will raise him up on the last day. It is written in the prophets, and they will all be taught by God. Everyone who has heard and learned from the Father comes to me. Not that anyone has seen the Father except he who is from God. He has seen the Father. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes has eternal life. I am the bread of life. Your fathers ate the manna in the wilderness, and they died. This is the bread that comes down from heaven so that no one may eat of it and not die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I will give for life for the life of the world is my flesh. Boom. Isn't this powerful stuff? It's hectic. It's full of meaning. We're going to explore yeah. this a little bit more after our next song too. But I just wanted to highlight something here that, that is really interesting. They're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We know right? We know this Jesus guy. He's just Mary and Joseph's son, isn't he? He's from our region. But what they don't know is that what Jesus is doing is revealing that he's not just a mere man who was raised in Galilee, but he is the creator who has been born in human flesh to redeem the world. I love this. And notice, those who pursued even the manna from heaven, they died, right? He says that manna, that physical bread God provided, wasn't the whole thing. It was actually pointing forward to the real bread, the ultimate thing that needs to be taken into your life, and that is Jesus himself. This is Ron and Patty Vallant, and Thou's Shalt Remember. And thou shalt remember all the way Which the Lord thy God led thee these forty
make me know that man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of the Lord. You're listening to Real Faith with Robbie and Tash, and this is Faith FM. We're glad to have you back. And now we're going to continue with our study. But before we do that, just another shameless plug. We still have a couple of copies. Yeah, we still have a couple of copies of that book, Life Without Limits. And the code word was, by the way, sourdough. Sourdough, S-O-U-R-D-O-U-G-H. So if you wanted to get in and get your hands on a free copy of Life Without Limits, and I highly recommend that you do, there's a couple more of those available, and uh, you can call or text in that code word to 0491-064-669, and you'll get your hands on a free copy of Life Without Limits, exploring those three prime questions. Why am I here Where did I come from and where am I going? Because when you know the purpose that God has made for your life, you can live a life without limits, a life beyond the normal boundaries of all of the the, the things that we put into our minds that stop us from going where God has plans for us. So check that out. You can do that again by calling or texting 0491-064-669. All right, so Jesus says this, I am the bread of life stuff. And then what he says here at the end, like if you grew up in a context where you maybe uh, were exposed to the Bible a lot, this might sound really normal. Or if you've been a Christian for a long time, this might sound really normal. But if you are not familiar with this, this is the weirdest thing that anybody could ever say. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. And if you eat this bread, he'll live forever. The bread I'll give for the life of the world is my flesh. Mm. That sounds pretty weird. Yeah, sounds really weird. Uh, he's like, my flesh is bread, and whoever, like that's whoever eats it, whoever eats of it is going to be living forever. Yeah. It sounds like some sort of weird cannibalistic thing, right? Yeah. But check out what happens next, verse fifty-two. The Jews then disputed among themselves, saying, "How can this man give us his flesh to eat?" So Jesus said to them, "Truly, truly, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you." Whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. For my flesh is true food, and my blood is true drink. Whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me, and I in him. As the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father, so whoever feeds on me, he also will live because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven, not like the bread the fathers ate and died, Whoever feeds on this bread will live forever. Jesus said these things in the synagogue as he taught at Capernaum. Awesome. Yeah. Now that was a big mouthful. He kind of repeats himself a fair bit there to kind of really labor the point, I think. He does. But notice what happens here. Right? He says he says in response to their question, which is a fair question, uh, how can this dude give us his flesh to eat? What? Like, first of all, cannibalism is strongly frowned upon to put it lightly in the bible um murder is also strongly frowned upon right like it literally commanded that it's a sin don't do that and um you know human flesh is unclean let's put it that way so anyway the reality is obviously that's not that's not okay 
Yeah. But secondly, it's it's also impractical because there's not enough Jesus to go around in that sense. <laughs> but here's the point. Yeah. He's talking to them and he's trying to highlight something to them. He's trying to highlight a spiritual lesson. And he's going to talk about it a little bit more as we go on. But notice something here that he says. He says, if you don't eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Isn't that interesting? He says, even though you're walking around and you're alive and you've got synapses happening in your brain, he says, you're dead. You're dead without me. He says, if you have not been brought to life by the Spirit of God, by taking in Jesus' life, by taking in Jesus' teachings, his presence by the power of the Holy Spirit, all of these things, he says, if you're not if you're not letting me into your life, truly into your life, the way that you let food come in and then you digest it, and then it literally becomes the cells in your body, mm. right? When you think about food, you are literally what you eat, right? There's the part that's left over that passes out, but then the, the food that you consume becomes the energy that your body uses to then produce new cells. So the food you have becomes your body. If you didn't eat that food, you would die. And in a similar fashion, he's saying, I am the bread of life. And if you don't let me come into your life and become part of you and change the makeup of who you are, he says, you're not even breathing, bro. He says, you're not even alive. He says, if you let me and you drink my blood, you eat my flesh, not physically, but, but, but symbolically, spiritually, to let Jesus in and become part of you. He says, you don't have life. He says, but those who do, those who do have eternal life, and on the last day, I will resurrect them from the grave, and they will live forever in new, perfect bodies that will never die. Yeah. What a promise, man. It's a beautiful promise. Four times it says that, by the way. That's the fourth time that he said, and we'll, I will raise him up on the last day. Notice who's doing the raising. Jesus. Jesus. And notice when he's doing the resurrection. When does eternal life become that eternal sense? Right? It becomes it at the resurrection, right? You're asleep, he says, and you will sleep waiting for that day. Awesome stuff. Anything you want to add there before we keep reading? I just want to add as well, remember that what Jesus is talking about is something eternal, something that is more than just temporary. Food is only temporary and fills you up for today. And what they what what they're after is just something that fills them for today or maybe even the next few months or year. But what Jesus is offering is something much more than that. It's something heavenly. It's something eternal. It's something that is of God. And I think we have to remember that here. And that's why they keep missing it and why he, why he has to be so emphatic about reminding them that what he offers is is heavenly and is of God. And so it's, it's a beautiful promise too, to remind them that, yes, what's happening in this life, might, it might end now, but there is a time when... Your feeding on my flesh will will come to will come to the day when when we will all be resurrected and and on that day of resurrection I will be the one that is there. So that's really cool. Yeah, yeah, beautiful, so profound. All right, let's keep reading. We're going to try and get through the rest of this chapter today. So we're on verse sixty. It's a big chapter. When many of his disciples heard it, they said, "This is a hard saying. Who can listen to it?" But Jesus, knowing in himself that his disciples were grumbling about this, said to him, Do you take offense at this? Then what if you were to see the Son of Man ascending to where he was before? It is the, it is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh is no help at all. 
The words that I have spoken to you are spirit and life, but there are some of you who do not believe. For Jesus knew from the beginning who those were who did not believe and who was who would betray him. And he said, This is why I told you that no one comes to me unless it is granted to him by the Father. Awesome. So many people are like, dude, this is really tough. How do I swallow this teaching? I don't know how to make sense of this. What does this mean? And he says, look, some of you don't believe. Even though they were his disciples, they were his followers. They'd given up things in their life, and they were following Jesus, literally, physically, walking around with him, learning of him, participating in what he was doing, watching all these things. And he says, even some of you, you don't believe. Mm. It's powerful. It's convicting. And it's a question that I think every Christian needs to ask. So if you're out there and you're in a, you consider yourself a follower of Jesus, you, like me, need to ask the question, do I really believe? Or am I just fronting? Is this all just churchianity, or do I really believe in Jesus Christ? Do I really have his blood and his flesh in my life? Am I letting him come in and change my world? All right, let's keep reading. Verse 66. How are these disciples going to respond? After this, many of his disciples turned back and no longer walked with him. So Jesus said to the twelve, Do you want to go away as well? Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life, and we have believed and come to know that you are the Holy One of God. And Jesus answered them, Did I not choose you, the twelve? And yet one of you is a devil. He spoke of Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, for he, one of the twelve, was going to betray him. Wow. Wow. Hectic, right? So notice this. Not only were some of them having difficulty with this teaching, but here's Jesus Christ in the flesh teaching the words of God, and people have been walking around with him, witnessing his miracles, and being his disciples. And some of them at this point, they turn away and they say, this is too much. This, I, I don't know about this. And they walk away. Yeah. And in that, that heartbreaking moment, Jesus turns to his 12 closest disciples and he says, do you also want to leave? And I could just feel the pathos in his, in his voice, you know what I mean? And I love Simon Peter's response. He says, Lord, where else can we go? You have the words of eternal life. There may be difficult things on the Christian walk, but it's only in Jesus that we experience eternal life.
Listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. Hey everyone, we're the Double L Team, Lyle and Lawson, and you can join us every morning on the Breakfast Show. We cover news that matters and do our encounter with God. We also have an intense quiz, great giveaways, or inspiring music, and best of all, you can have your say and be a part of the Bracky family. We're live across Australia, so check your Faith FM program for your local airtime. If you're making a road trip up the coast, pop in just off the highway to New Start Juice at 45 William Street, Raymond Terrace. Grab yourself a fresh, healthy juice or smoothie and check out the op shop while you wait. And remember, every day is a fresh new start. This is a rerun of Real Faith. Make sure you join Thursdays at 3.30 for the live show. You're listening to Real Faith with Robbie and Tash, and this is Faith FM. Booyah, you jumped right in. I was about to start speaking, and she just like hijacked it. I love it. So good. That's what happens one week without you. <laughs> one, I look, it's perfect. Everybody learns and grows. I tell you what, here's a, here's a, a little bit of a side note. Um, sometimes some people are born great, was the statement. Some people are, um, I forget what the rest of the statement is, but some people have greatness thrust upon them. Right. <laughs> and so sometimes opportunity creates the, the, the impetus for arising to those status. So I'm stoked. Look at that. Pretty soon you won't want me here at all. You'll be like, I need a new co-host. Get out of here, Robbie. Anyway. All right. No. So, um, we're having a great show and I was just about to ask what time it was, but Shell just went to go get a drink of water. So, um, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to fluff, fluff a little bit. Because Ooh. let me, you know what? Let me oh. take a moment. Let me take a moment and talk to you, my wonderful listener out there, our wonderful listener. Yeah. And uh, we just want you to think about this. Like, 
when you are live on the radio, you don't have the privilege of being like, oh, there's a blooper reel. We'll just cancel that out like in Hollywood. This is like live theater, right? Yeah. It's, it's, if you make a mistake on the stage, if something's not ready, you just got to feel just keep. Yep. This is also a little bit about what people do when they're doing live performances and you've got to tune your guitar. Yeah. There's a reason people practice their jokes. It's so that when they, they run into these times where, oh, man, my guitar is really out of tune. I had to broke a string. I got to fix it. You got to talk to these people. And then as soon as you've gotten it all collected, if you're really smooth, you can say things like, hey, Shell, can you tell me what time it is? Oh, no, she wasn't in there. I totally blew it. Hey, Shell, can you tell us what time it is? Now, if you really want to tip on that, because we've, uh, we've spent a lot of time doing live stuff or speaking up the front or all yeah. those kinds of things, playing music in front of people, let me, let me tell you. Yeah. If you don't tell them, they have no idea. So we've just let you in on a little experiment there, not intentionally, but unintentionally, that you can learn a lesson. When you're, when you're doing that in front of people, as long as you don't say that you're yeah. nervous, people don't know. You just keep going. People have no idea. They think that you planned it, and it works all right. Anyway, we didn't plan that, and now we are wondering the question of the week. So uh, who was our question from? Did we get a name for our, our caller in? It's on the screen. So we're going to get that question up for you. Thank you so much for your question. We're excited to have a look at that. We've got a couple of passages that we'll show in just a moment. So, yep, we got that there. His name is Mark. Mark, awesome. So thank you, Mark, for your question. And here is the question. All the true believing, God-fearing Christians that worship on Sunday, what happens to them at the second coming? Okay, so great question, Mark. So I'm assuming that your question is in, in relation to the question of when you study the Scripture, you see evidence that the Sabbath that is talked about in the Ten Commandments, that's talked about at the creation story, that's talked about all the way through Scripture that Jesus kept, that the early church kept, that we see no evidence of a change for that from the seventh day of the week, from Friday sunset to Saturday sunset, as was kept by the Jews, as is kept by the Jews, and is uh, kept by some Christians who believe in the the, the Bible Sabbath. Um, what happens to those people who, who refuse or choose not to or don't know, perhaps, about the difference between that Sabbath and the traditional day uh, of worship for the last hundreds of years um, that's been kept by the, you know, the medieval church and then onward by many Protestant churches as well. Um, what, what happens to these people who are good, faithful followers of Jesus, but they didn't know that Sabbath truth? And so we wanted to address that in a couple of ways. It's a good question. It's a fair question. And it's also a question that can be a little sensitive for people. And so I want to acknowledge that right now. And um, hopefully these things that we look at now will help to answer that question for you, Mark. All right. Did you want to start for us, Tash, or are you looking at me with nerves? I, I have one verse that I'm going to read. Okay. It's in Romans 2, and it goes like this. Romans 2, verse 12. It says, For as many, for as, many as have sinned without law will also perish without law, and as many as have sinned in the law will be judged by the law. For not the hearers of the law are the just in the sight of God, but the doers of the law will be justified. Awesome. Yeah. So, um, I was just saying a, a little bit off air, um, but I hope this helps in some way that um, what we just read is that um, those without the law will perish, but those with, oh, sorry, sin without law. Will those also, without the law will perish without the law. Without the law. And those who knew the law, the Torah, yeah. by the way, is what he's talking about there, The all of the scriptures by implication. Yeah. Those who know that 
will be judged by it. Yeah. Right. So that the, the, the judgment that's taking place will be considered of the person's experience and knowledge and what they were ignorant of and what they had access to know. Yeah. So what you had access to know and then what, what God is convicting you on as well. Because it's one thing to know something, but to actually know and experience it and then be doing it in your life. And that's why it says as well to be a doer and a hearer when you are here and then a doer of the word as well. And so, what that looks like, I I know Robbie's going to continue, but what that looks like in each person's heart, I, I don't know the answer to 100%. But God, only God does. Only, only God knows that. But what's really cool is the power, uh, sorry, not the power, the passage goes on in verse 14. He then continues, right? And he says, for when Gentiles or non-Jews do not have the law, the Torah, the Bible, right? By nature, for when Gentiles who don't have the law, by nature do the things in the law, these, although not having it, are a law to themselves. In other words, it is demonstrating that God's law is at work in their heart in what they knew and what they were able to experience because everybody has been given a measure of light, yeah. right? Not everybody will have the, the privilege of hearing the name of Jesus, right? Everybody who lived before Jesus came didn't know his name. That doesn't mean that they can't be saved, but they will be saved and by uh, in looking in forward in faith to what God would do through Jesus or those who never had access by responding to what they knew of God. We see that painted clearly in the picture here in Romans. It then goes on even clearer and says, who show the work of the law written in their hearts, their conscience also bearing witness and between themselves, their thoughts accusing or else excusing them. In the day when God will judge the secrets of men by Jesus Christ according to my gospel, Paul says there. Mm. Now notice there, he says that the secret thoughts of our hearts will either accuse us in the judgment or excuse us. And so there's a real high emphasis there on the importance of not going against your own conscience, right? So we need to seek for truth. We need to know truth. We need to learn things and not be willfully ignorant of what God is revealing. We, if God reveals more, then we need to know more and respond accordingly to that. We will be judged according to what we know. Another place Paul writes about this, and it's when he's under trial in on Mars Hill in Athens. He says this to this group of people, and he says, Therefore, this is Acts 17, verse 29, Therefore, since we are the offspring of God, we ought not to think that the divine nature of God, that is, is like gold or silver or stone, something shaped by art and man's devising. So he says, you guys are all worshiping idols and false gods, right? And then he says this, he says, we're not, we're not supposed to follow this. Obviously, this is not like God. I've come here to reveal the true God to you. Notice what he says. Truly, these times of ignorance, God overlooked. Whoa. You ever read that? These times of ignorance, God overlooked. That mm. there were people who didn't have access to that knowledge, and God overlooked their ignorance and judged them according to what they knew. Watch this. It continues, and he says this. But now. But now. So there was a time of ignorance that God overlooked. But now, here's Paul declaring to them new information, new truth to them that was always true, that he's declaring from, that God revealed in Scripture, right? That idols are nothing, that there is only one God, one maker. And he goes on and he says this, right? But now commands all men everywhere to repent, right? To turn, because he has appointed a day on which he will judge the world in righteousness by the man whom he has ordained. He has given assurance of this to all by raising him from the dead. So what's he saying? He's saying, look, there were times of ignorance in your life, and God overlooks your ignorance and judges you based on what you had access to know and what you chose to willfully to ignore and what you responded to or, or did not respond to in regards to your conscience. 
And he says, but there will come a time where you know new information and you will be judged according to what you know now. And so we need to be aware of that. So in short answer to your 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 question mark, uh, people who are faithfully following what, what God has revealed to them can have assurance of salvation in Jesus. Now, as God reveals more to you and to me, we are responsible for more. And so if we know truths that God has revealed to us through Scripture, right, and we choose to ignore those, we don't have that same safety because our conscience will, will not excuse us. It will accuse us of ignoring God's call and what He has led us to. And that's not just in regards to the question of the Sabbath. That's in regards to anything that God has revealed in Scripture. So I hope that's helpful to you and to anybody else listening. God bless you. We're going to go and listen to a lovely song by a friend of mine, Carly Fletcher, and it's called Come and Worship. springs of water, for He is the one who created all things and calls us to rest from our labor. Each Sabbath He calls us aside to come rest in Him and His sons and His daughters For He is the one who became one of us To die in our place for our sin Each Sabbath He calls us aside To come rest in Him and Come back to our maker 
You're listening to Real Faith with Robbie and Tash on Faith FM Radio, and it's come to the end of our show. But before we do that, we just wanted to put out there, I think we I think we actually still do have a couple of the copies of that book, Life Without Limits. So if you'd like to get a hand on the get your your hands on a copy of that, you can do that by calling or texting to 0491-064-669, the word sourdough. Sourdough. Don't worry about your spelling. Shell is, uh, she's not like an English teacher right now, so she'll be very generous and forgive any misspells. And, um, yeah, you can call in or text in that, that word to that number and, uh, get your hands on a free copy of that to give you a little bit of some wisdom on where do we come from? What are we here for? And where are we going? Awesome. So that number again was 0491-064-669. All right. So it's come that time of our show where we look for real life applications. That's the name of the show is Real Faith. So what can we draw from this chapter we've read in John chapter six to apply to our real life? What can we do? There's quite a few things that we can draw from this, but I'll just go right from the beginning of the chapter where um, Jesus has gone um, to the mountain to pray and that it, it's it's never emphasized enough just how much he needed God and he was God and he was one with God and yet he still needed time to pray and spend alone time with him and just be in his presence and man we we can never spend enough time with God in prayer and just being still and basking in his presence and if if anything Anything today, just remember, like, seek him first, the kingdom of God, and everything else will be added. But just come to him in that, in your personal time, you know, carve out that time or build in that time into your, into your schedule, whatever it looks like, just to be alone with God. Totally. Yeah. Man, I, I was reading a book on the week, all oh, this last week or on the weekend, and, um, there was this line that I, I, I want to memorize it because it was so good. It was this, it was a quote by one of my favorite authors, and she said, um, she said something along the lines of, our people are too desirous of preaching. They spend too much time on preaching and not enough on prayer. Yeah. And I was just like, you know, there's a lot of truth in that. And it was kind of like we, we sometimes we can get caught up. Like, don't get me wrong. We don't want you to stop listening to the radio. We love, we love having you here. But sometimes we can get so overwhelmed with let's, let's have new information. Let's hear a new preacher. Let's hear it. Let's, let's have another Bible study. And that's important. But guess what? It's it's if it is only information transfer, then it's not it's not valuable, yeah. right? Because Jesus said here, "You've seen me. You've seen the signs. You've even eaten the bread that was miraculously given. You've even sought for Jesus." He says, "But you don't believe." Yeah, you might you might be in that space. I might be in that space. And I love what she said there, and it just kind of stuck with me. It was like, our people are too given to preaching and not enough to prayer. And actual spiritual work, right? Like application of that in our life, really thinking and praying and wrestling with God through these difficulties that we face. Real belief that that works itself into your life, like food gets worked into your body. So there's a second point that I think is is that we can carry on from that that we can take out of this is that when Jesus talks about the flesh and the blood, right? Mm. And by the way, there's a reference to that. Then when we have the communion story, which uh, or Jesus' last supper at the final Passover before he was crucified. And it doesn't have that part of the story in John's account, but in all the other three synoptic Gospels, as they're called, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, it's there. And he says, this this 
grape juice that I'm giving to you is my blood, the blood of the new covenant, right? And he says, take this and drink it, right? This is for the forgiveness of sins. And here, this bread that you eat is my body. Do this in remembrance of me. I was broken for you. And he's saying, look, I, I, I'm giving my life on Calvary's cross for you, for your eternal salvation. But it's not good enough for Jesus just to do that. We have to receive it. Mm. The, the plate of food doesn't do you any good sitting there on the table if you don't put it in your mouth, chew it, and swallow it. It doesn't help you. Right? It doesn't help you if it's not absorbed, if it's not brought into your body and become a part of your personal being. And in the same way, he says, you need to let me into your life, into your heart, to change you, to become a part of you. Right? Receive the Holy Spirit to lead and direct in your life. He says, not only will the Holy Spirit come to be with you, but he will dwell in you, closer than anything else could ever be. It's powerful. That's beautiful. Uh, I had, oh, what, I'm trying to think, what was my other point? It was, oh. <laughs> Happens uh, to all of us. Oh, uh, it was. Teleportations that, in the Bible. That's whoa, a real practical. Teleportations <laughs> in the Bible. <laughs> it was, um, I can't think right now, and that's okay. Uh, it was to do with the disciples. Do you, do you want me to give one while you oh, think? Oh, no, no, no. You got it? I got it, I got okay. it. It's. We, we pray, Lord, give me a sign, give me a sign, show me the way, show me, close that door. Like we pray for, for clarity for things and to, and to, to see God work and say, okay, how do I, you know, have a decision. Please God, make it very, very clear. But, you know, sometimes it's just like I testify today that he does little things on the way. And then, then you see, oh, hang on. He's been there all along. And, they were asking for signs and wonders, but Jesus kept showing them all the whole time who he was. And it's kind of like throwing out the fleece sometimes. Just like it's good. You can throw out the fleece, but it, it really worked for Gideon. But most situations for most people, that's not how God works. It doesn't. It's, it's in the, the small little things that come together where you see God work. Yeah, totally. Another thing that I think we can practically draw out of this chapter is the comfort to remember that Jesus said, all that the Father gives me will come to me. And whoever comes to me, I will never cast out. There are times in our life where we think, man, I'm just too far gone. I can't come to Jesus. You're wrong. Come to Jesus. The fact that you're thinking that means that you're not too far gone. The fact that you think, oh man, maybe, maybe, or maybe not. The fact that you recognize that you are you know, in sin that you need a savior is evidence that you are not beyond saving. So come to Jesus, bring it to him. He has not come to cast you out, but he has come to bring you home. Mm. Yeah. Oh, powerful stuff, man. And I think that's a message that I needed to be reminded of this week. And um, there are times in our Christian journey where we need to know, come to Jesus. Everyone who comes to him, he will not cast out. Put your hope and your trust in him. And my friends, be blessed this week as you go about your business. Stay tuned for Drive Time. And remember, real faith is live faith. faith.